everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera, and I am back from vacation, that is. It is July 23rd. This is episode 67. Nice to hear that music back. I haven't talked to you guys for a long time. I mean, I think it's been about two weeks, almost two weeks, since we uh, last spoke, or maybe it was the start of last week. You know what? Honestly, I've totally lost track of time. Uh, I will get into the details of my vacation, which was uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, That's for sure. Uh, One to remember. And uh, I'll get into that. Also get into some headlines. I I had a lot of time to think about what to do with the podcast and how to grow it, how to make it different. I do have some other ideas. You know, I've always wanted to do a video element to this, so I might might bring that on next week and uh, test a few things, uh, get our graphics department over at KHU to work on some opens, some transitions, do a little post-production work on this. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. Uh, before we get started, though, uh, as always, go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, what are you waiting for? Like I said, it's been a couple of weeks. Last time I talked to you guys, I was talking about COVID vaccines and um, an Indian wedding that we were going to go to. Both of those things are done. And uh, like I said, I'm back from vacation. So uh, a lot of stuff has happened, apparently. So those are the headlines that we're going to get to after my, what I call, opening monologue. And my opening monologue is uh, talk to you guys about my vacation. So we went to the Indian wedding. It was awesome. I think we were up until like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I I honestly wanted to go to bed a lot earlier than that. But my wife wanted to go to some uh, post-party and... um, we went to that for a little bit, so it was a good time. We had a great time, and it was an amazing wedding. Um, they broke the bank on this wedding, that's for sure. Some wild numbers being thrown around as to what people thought that this wedding cost. So uh, shout out to uh, the family that uh, hosted the event. Uh, it was a good time, um, and they have another daughter that they're marrying, by the way. So I hope they saved a little money for her. Let's put it that way. It was a great time. So Indian weddings are always fun. It was nice to have a night out finally with the uh, with the wife. Uh, we hadn't done that in a really long time, and uh, it was nice. It was a nice change of pace. So the Indian wedding was great, and after that, we went to uh, Destin, Florida. We always go to Destin, Florida. Uh, we've been going there. My family has been going there for, oof, golly, since 1993. So what is that? That's almost 30 years now, since 1993. We moved to Houston in 92. And um, funny story with that, we came from Chicago, and uh, we moved to Houston. My dad got transferred. He was in the oil and gas business. We got transferred down to Houston, and uh, we realized that we were 45 minutes away from the beach in Galveston. Now, we're beach people. We're Cuban. We love being on the beach, being outside, being by the pool, having a good time. That's, That's something that we really love to do. So we realized, oh, my God, we're 45 minutes away from a beach. This is amazing. So we get down here, and we realize uh, that the drive is honestly even quicker, right? I mean, going down to Galveston, it was fantastic. So we head down there. We're driving down. We pull up. We park. We look down, and we look out, and we realize, what are we staring at? 
uh, because it wasn't a beach. It was mud, okay, and uh, the water was freezing, and I, I just remember the disappointment I felt <laughs> because, you know, growing up, we would go down to Miami, so see family. We'd also go down to Sanibel Island, other places, and down to Florida, right, where the beaches are just amazing. And uh, and I, I thought that was the impression I had in my mind, right, going to Galveston. So we went down to Galveston. We were, uh, we were on the beach, and I was just standing in this mud. It's not even sand. It's mud. And the dark water. And, yeah, call me a beach elitist if you want, but I've never been back to a beach in Galveston from that day. That was in 1992. It's been 30 years, and I've not been to a beach in Galveston, and I don't plan on going to a beach in Galveston. Uh, I'd rather drive about eight or nine hours east and go to Florida. Uh, so the year after we went to Destin for the first time, it was a recommendation from one of the co-workers that my dad worked with, and uh, we've loved it ever since. Uh, it's, it's just a beautiful place. So what we do ever since we've had kids, my wife and I, so she'll fly with the kids, she'll fly with a kid, and she'll fly with the kids. I will drive all of our junk, all of our crap that we take down there, uh, and I will drive. I'll make the trek nine hours or whatever. So that's what we did this year. I drove and then she flew. Now, this year, we have uh, two kids. And uh, we did not realize how much work that really is. <laughs> okay. Uh, so people are, have been asking me since I've been back, how was your vacation? How was your vacation? I think I need another one. Uh, that's how my vacation was. It was uh, more work than uh, relaxation. A lot of stress on the trip. But uh, as my wife says, it was, uh, it was, it was good to go because... It was a stressful trip with magical moments sprinkled in. And, you know, after you kind of, you know, step back and you realize just how much work it was um, to get this done with the two kids, not to mention just dealing with the two kids and getting them fed, getting them bathed in a different location. But uh, my son got sick, terrible cold while we were there. Then my daughter got sick. Of course, that's the way it works because the common cold has been playing tag within our family for about three months. So uh, give or take, I don't know, a couple of weeks, one gets sick, the other gets sick, and we just go through that vicious cycle over and over again. And it just so happened that both of them landed on our vacation uh, in Destin, which is a beautiful place, as I've said. But I got to tell you about Destin, man. It's, it was so good when we first went because it was like this hidden gem. And uh, the beach is still sensational. It's still fantastic. But, man, there are way too many people over there. Just way, way too many people. Uh, to give you an example, uh, so I drove my wife back to the airport with the two kids to fly back, and then I would drive back the next day. Just kind of the opposite of what it was going there, right? Uh, so I drove her back to the airport in Panama City. There's an airport in Panama City that, uh, you know, flies everywhere. Southwest flies out of Panama City all the time. That's about 45 minutes uh, to the place that we usually stay in Destin, right? 45 minutes to an hour. So I drop them off. I go to the gate with them, the whole thing. I get to the parking lot, get into the car. I see their plane take off, okay? Just to give you an idea of how many people there are now in that stretch of Florida, Destin, Miramar Beach, Fort Walton Beach, uh, Panama City, that whole thing. They arrived in Houston before I got back to our condo. Okay, let me say that again. They arrived in Houston before I got back to our condo. I got a call from my wife before I pulled into the parking lot of our condo. 
that's when I realized, you know what? Uh, there are too many people here. That doesn't mean we're going to stop going uh, because we love the spot. And the, like I said, the beaches are the best. You're not going to find any other beaches like it, especially around here in the Gulf Coast, especially not in Texas. Um, so we're, we're not going to stop going to uh, Destin, Florida, but we have to change the way we operate, right? I mean, we would go out, you know, before you'd, you, you'd go to the beach, spend some time there, whether it's all day or not, then you, you know, if, if, it, if you leave a little earlier, you go back, take a nap after a nice full day of adult beverages. Um, then maybe you go to the mall, go shopping, go dinner, the whole thing. I mean, you plan out your day, that's the way you do it. But now you can't do that, especially if you have young kids, right? If you have young kids, you cannot go out to eat in Destin, Florida anymore, okay? Because if you go out to eat at, you know, a typical dinner time of, say, 6.30, 7 o'clock, you've got young kids. they got to go to bed early. And I know when you're on vacation, things kind of fluctuate a little bit with time, but we like to keep them on a little bit of a schedule. Uh, you have young kids, and you want to go to dinner relatively early, 6.30, 7 o'clock, that you know, gives you a decent leeway or a little bit of time at least to say, oh, you're going to have to wait at the restaurant because it's the summertime and all that. Yeah, we had to wait, but it was outrageous. It was outrageous. We went to multiple restaurants, and the wait was no less than an hour and 45 minutes at each spot. An hour and 45 minutes. It wasn't until the end of our trip. We had a little Mexican restaurant we went to, which we like. Uh, down there that we had to wait 40 minutes. And then there was another place, uh, great great place, by the way, called Jack Akuta's, a nice seafood place. And that was a 45-minute wait. So we still had to wait 45 minutes at each spot. But we're talking at other places, an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half, three and a half hours. Some places, three and a half hours for lunch. So combine that with the fact that I got there behind or after my family arrived in Houston via plane. I was like, man, there are too many people here. We got to adjust what we're doing. I mentioned the kids getting sick. Uh, this is all wrapped up into one vacation. As I mentioned off the top, that is one for the record books. And I said more work than actual relaxation. Uh, and then during the trip, I started to feel, I had talked about before that I have some back issues, right? I started to feel that my back was going to give out. And it hadn't really fully given out in about about three years, I'll say. About three years. I've had my shoulder give out. I have a lot of back problems, muscle. Everything's connected, right? If you have one back problem, all the other muscles are connected. I have a bulging disc in my lower back. I fell out of a car in college, but that's a story for another day. Uh, so anyway, so I've, I've had a lot of back problems over the years. I started to feel my back tighten up, man. And so, like, the legs started tightening up. And, and, and you know, at that Mexican food restaurant, it was a Friday night. And we were sitting down, and I was just so uncomfortable, man. And I had this, like, really bad feeling in the back of my mind. I'm like, ah, uh, I'm going to throw out my back on this trip. It's coming. I got up from that chair at that Mexican food restaurant, and I was so tense. Everything was so tense. Add to the fact that we had a lot of stress on the trip with the kids, not feeling good, not getting enough sleep. I was sleeping on a couch. I mean, the whole thing, right? It was, it was a disaster. So it was a lot of stress, but I was just feeling really, really tense. And I thought, okay, well, let me fight through this. I'm not going to drink any alcohol tonight. I'm going to just really hydrate, maybe take a muscle relaxer, right, which I have all the time, sadly. Um, and then I'll kind of get through it. 
Okay, so the next day we get up. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. Still a little tight, whatever. I'm like, okay, let's fine. Pack up the thing, go down. I start pushing the cart down to the beach, this little, little beach cart that we have to put all the crap in it. I start pushing that, and I'm like, ugh, it's feeling a little tight. So I'm thinking I'm Superman. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to push through this. It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. There's the beach. It's right in front of me. Just let me get to the sand, and we're going to be okay. Well, I carry the stuff that carried the cart, which was a mistake <laughs> in hindsight. Uh, I carry the cart down the stairs, and as soon as I put the stuff down on the beach and I step foot in the sand, bam, my back gives out. Complete lockdown in my lower back, and I can't walk. I, I could not walk. I was physically, I almost fell to the ground. I was in so much pain. I don't know if you guys have thrown out your back, but I was in so much pain that I could barely walk. I had to use the, uh, the, the pole from the other beach umbrella as a cane the rest of the week. <laughs> That's how bad it was, okay? And I just couldn't move. I felt terrible. I couldn't pick anything up. My wife was left out there with the two kids. Oh, man, it was it was brutal. I, I just I felt so bad for her. Uh, so I told her, I said, hey, you get a girls weekend somewhere down the road. Just just take off for a couple of days because you deserve some time off. So I told her she's going to be able to take a girls weekend. It's going to be awesome for her. And I, I think she deserves it. Uh, but so for, the, for like the next three days, it got a little bit better and I'm feeling a lot better now. But I had this locked up back in Destin, Florida, as I'm looking out of the condo at the beach. <laughs> So uh, that that that's that basically sums up our vacation. Uh, kids sick, long wait lines. Uh, oh, the other thing, the other thing I noticed. So the first day we're there, we go to Chick Fil A, and I've never seen this happen at a Chick Fil A. I swear, we go to Chick Fil A and we start ordering the things that we usually order. My wife likes a you know the grilled wrap and whatever. I, I wanted to get a grilled chicken sandwich. We start ordering these things, and the guy's like, "No, we don't have that." We don't have that. We don't have that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you don't have that? Well, apparently, they've had such staffing issues. They are so understaffed that that particular Chick-fil-A in Destin, and I think others in Florida, have had to reduce their menu. So they're now down to about 30% of their menu at that Chick-fil-A. I mean, you get nuggets, you get a chicken sandwich. And again, look, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about all this. These are first world problems. I get it, but this is my life, so I'm talking about it. So I've never seen this at a Chick-fil-A. Down to 30% of their menu because they're understaffed. I go to like the local Winn-Dixie. Shelves completely empty with stuff because the supply chain is drying up. They don't have staff to drive the trucks full of the, uh, you know, the goods to these stores. My wife goes to another store, Target, Walmart, same thing. We were looking for an umbrella stroller to just push our daughter around. There are no umbrella strollers in the entirety of the panhandle of Florida. Okay? Now, this is a overall larger economic and political issue, I understand. People aren't going to work. They're getting unemployment checks still at home. The government's still sending free money, so why, why do they have to work? They're still getting good money at home, so they don't want to work. I get it, all right? It's a disaster, really, from that point of view. But I just, I, I, I've, I've not come across that. And we are so, it made me realize that we're so spoiled in Texas with places like HEB that are fully stocked all the time. And our Chick-fil-A's and our restaurants here are fully stocked. And we don't have any issues with that. And so I thought that was wild. So combine all of that with my back problems, the kids getting sick, lugging all this crap around, it was one 
for the record books, one to remember. But like I said, we got some fun pictures, some fun moments. The kids enjoying the sand. So uh, I am anxiously awaiting my next vacation. I don't know when that's going to be. I'm sitting in my closet, by the way, recording this. Let me stand up and stretch um, <laughs> a little bit because my back is still a little tender. Uh, so uh, that was the vacation of 2021, our summer vacation. Uh, not what we expected, that's for sure, but it it turned out uh, to be something that we'll remember for a long time. And now I'm back to talk to you guys about sports and top headlines. Apparently, I missed a whole bunch. Hey, I did not miss, though, that my White Sox beat the Astros. That was fun. Uh, I watched those games. I, I could actually watch those games because I was out of market. So I was able to watch those games online. And... Uh, yeah, my White Sox beat the Astros. A little bit of revenge for what happened here in Houston. Um, and, uh, yeah, so let's, you know what? As we transition to sports, let's get to the top headlines uh, from when I've been gone. And this is kind of going to kind of be the new format, right, for this podcast. I'm going to have, like, an opening monologue, and I'm going to get to some headlines. And so let's do that right now. Top headlines, go. So when I'm on vacation, especially when I'm on a beach vacation, I just go ahead and delete Twitter off my phone. Um, because it's a toxic environment and it, you know, distracts me all the time from just enjoying the moment on vacation. So I delete Twitter off my phone. Uh, I reinstalled it. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. And what do I see when I reinstall Twitter and I'm scrolling through the timeline to see what I missed? Well, apparently we have college football realignment again. Texas and Oklahoma want out of the Big 12, and they are ready to join the SEC. In fact, it's not just a rumor anymore. It's not just discussions, which have apparently been going on for a long time through the back channels. Uh, Brent Zwerneman of the Houston Chronicle, who is an excellent reporter. He's covered AM for a long time, but has also covered a lot of college sports, college football. He was the one that broke the story about this potential move. Uh, one of our friends here on the podcast, Sam Khan, also reporting today that uh, that move is imminent. It's going to happen within the next 24 to 48 hours. Texas and OU going to uh, let the Big 12 know that they're out. They're not going to be in the conference anymore. Um, at first glance, my, my initial thought to all of this was, okay, A, this is all about money. Uh, winning has nothing to do with it. Okay, that 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 has to be the only reason behind it, right? We're, we're talking about two huge brands of college football, and I know the athletic department as a whole. You talk about other sports, basketball, and and baseball, and some of the other uh, you know non-revenue sports play a role in this in, in building the brand. But it's really football, right? At the end of the day, we're talking about football, and. Uh, the, the overall value that these brands have to a particular conference. So they are one and two. Texas and OU, number one and number two in the Big 12 as far as value is concerned. Uh, now, why wouldn't the SEC want to add those two brands, right? And why wouldn't Texas and OU want to be a part of the SEC where they will be getting more revenue uh, from TV deals and um, – Conference uh, affiliations and conference deals. I, I read somewhere that I, I believe the Southwest Conference, Southwest, Jesus, Southwest Conference. That was a great conference, by the way. I wish it would be brought back, but egos are too strong and too big now. Um, that the Southeast Conference payout for their individual schools as part of their television rights deal and some of the other packages they have was in the $45 million range, 45 to $50 million range, while the Big 12 uh, television rights deal was about $38 million. I, I, 
again, we're splitting hairs, right? That's a lot of money. Um, but apparently Texas does not want to sign a longer-term contract with the Big 12 and their television deal that they wanted to extend to 2030. We're talking about semantics. Basically, Texas and OU going to the SEC would make that just a more of a juggernaut conference than what it is. It would screw Texas A&M over for sure. They're the ones that aren't in favor. The other schools, I'm sure, are going to vote for it because it means more money to them. But Texas A&M had their stronghold, their, their, their grasp on Texas, the only Texas school in the SEC, and they were capitalizing on that big time. So now with Texas and then Oklahoma coming in, that, that is going to pull some recruits. Uh, so money-wise, it makes sense, right? I mean, it, that, that's what at the end of the day, that's all what college football is, is about, is money. It's not about winning. Um, sadly, it should be about winning. It should be about what's best for the student-athletes and this and that, but eh, it's all about money. So this is a purely money deal. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma want out because if it's not just a pure money deal and you're looking at um, from a football perspective, and as I mentioned, that's what we're looking at here. I'm not talking about basketball or baseball, whatever. Those school, those those those. Those sports are okay, but the, the, the moneymaker in the SEC is football. So we'll stick to the football conversation. If you're talking about just winning and from a um, success standpoint on the field, this is a terrible decision for these schools. Terrible decision. I mean, first of all, Oklahoma, they have proven to dominate the Big 12. I don't know how many conference titles they've won over the last 10 years since all this conference realignment happened uh, the last time. I mean, they, they've dominated the Big 12. And from Texas's perspective, they have not been relevant when it comes to competing for a Big 12 title since 2009. They have not won a conference title in football since 2009. Let that sink in. So now you're going to go to a better conference with better competition, play the likes of A&M every year, or uh, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Every single year, you mean to tell me that that's going to increase your chances of winning? Of course not. It's not going to. Oklahoma, I think, can maintain some level of competitive balance, but Texas has not even proven that they can win in the Big 12. What makes you think they're going to win in the SEC? I just don't see that happening. And I'm just going on recent track record. I'm not saying that, you know, Sarkeesian might not have good things going there. We'll see how he is as a coach. But just on recent track record, Texas has had problems beating Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. You're not going to go over to the big to the SEC and then all of a sudden compete for conference championships against Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Texas A&M. I mean, that's not going to happen. Uh, so it's a long process. Maybe over time they see it as a as a long game. Let's get in there. Let's build up our brand within the SEC and then get. But you know, immediate impact. I don't see it happening. Right now, Oklahoma, all they got to do is win the Big 12, and they're in the college football playoff conversation all the time. Oh, I'm not even bringing – I forgot LSU. Shoot, I didn't even say LSU. And I know they had a down year last year, but look at what they did two years ago. That's still a top brand in college football. I, I don't understand it from a winning perspective. I think it's dumb. I think it doesn't make sense. From a money perspective, yes, it does make sense. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters in college football is money – uh, and these programs just making a lot more of it on the backs of the uh, student-athletes. But those student-athletes are getting paid. I saw a report the other day that Alabama's quarterback has already made close to a million dollars 
in endorsements, and he hasn't played a snap for the university. How about that? A million bucks. Can you imagine being in college as a 19-year-old kid and getting a million dollars? Holy smokes, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I barely, you know, we barely had any cash to get through and buying groceries. A million dollars at 19, 20 years old. Just amazing. So those kids are going to get paid in the SEC, and maybe that's part of the whole reason why Texas and Oklahoma want to make this move. But from what I've read, from what I've heard from uh, other people, it appears that this has been a conversation that has been ongoing through the back channels for a while. Uh, as for the rest of the Big 12, uh, those schools are going to have to find other ways. Uh, they, they've said they want to stick together, but uh, you know it makes sense for some of these other schools to go elsewhere. I don't think other conferences should add anybody else. You know, I'm a Big 10 guy. I don't want the Big 10 getting any bigger. Uh, I don't want to add Kansas or Iowa State. Maybe Iowa State to give Iowa a natural rivalry there. That would be okay, I guess. And plus, I'd rather play Iowa State than Iowa, who's dreadful. Can't stand those guys. But um, we're going to see some other uh, moves here for sure if Texas and OU do break off, and apparently that move is imminent. Headline number two. Uh, the Olympics start uh, today, apparently. And how irrelevant are the Olympics? Well, I had I didn't realize that they were starting. Maybe it was because I was on vacation. Maybe it's because my baseball team is, is really, really good this year. And, you know, the Astros are really good, so we're paying attention to other stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the Olympics start. And uh, frankly, I, it's it's kind of disappointing from my perspective. I'm running a poll on uh, Twitter uh, to see what the interest level is on the uh, current Olympic Games in Tokyo, which were supposed to be held last year but have been moved to this year. Uh, and I'm running a poll. We're, we're uh, I don't know, several hundred votes in. And the poll is basically uh, the Tokyo Olympics are underway. What is your level of interest? One to three, four to six, seven to nine, or ten. And uh, one to three, leading by a large margin. Uh, at the recording of this podcast, it's about 51%. They are leading in a very big way. If we were uh, running actual elections, there would be no runoff. And I, I got to agree with you, man. I got to agree with the, with the people out there. I, my interest level is very, very low in these Olympic Games. I, I, there is no real star power other than Simone Biles. So... As my friend Drew Shirley, he responded to me on Twitter, by the way, he kind of gave his ranking of where uh, he is with the Olympics. Number one for me is seeing how dominant Simone Biles is going to be. Outside of that, I don't care. I, I honestly don't care. We have some athletes here competing locally, some good stories, some good people, but you know they're competing on some fringe sports, and you know I wish them the best of luck. But overall, if like to draw my interest in and watch. It just doesn't interest me. I know we have baseball in the Olympics, but I'm watching Major League Baseball. Why am I going to watch Olympic baseball if I can watch Major League Baseball? So I'm not going to do that. Cuba's not in the uh, in the in the tournament this year. I, I always watch the Cuban national team, so they're not in the tournament. So I'm not interested in baseball being back. I'm not going to watch softball, uh, soccer. I I may watch Brazil every now and then, but it's not the World Cup. We're getting that next year, so I mean this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Um. Yeah, my interest level is so low. I I, I don't know why that is. It's kind of disappointing, honestly. And and oh, the other thing that he mentioned is uh the U.S. women's soccer team. They already lost three nothing. And you know what, man? I I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. That team they have so much talent, but they have become so political. And instead of just focusing on the soccer and 
you know, increasing the brand and being a good representative for women's sports all around the world, they decide to just take a stand against their own country. And I'm not down with that, man. I'm just not down with it. I come from a from a background where, I mean, we just really appreciate what this country has done for my family. And I'm never going to get down with some of the sentiment that, that goes along with some of that, especially if you're representing the country overseas, wearing the uniform, then do that. I just, I'm not down with it. I'm sorry I'm not down with it. Um, I, I understand why they're doing it. I get why they're doing it. But personally, I'm not down with that. So the Olympics do start uh, today. We'll see how many uh, gold medals the U.S. wins and where they end up in the medal tally. So good luck to all the people uh, that are competing from the Houston area. I wish them the best. Headline number three, the Milwaukee Bucks win the title. And the only thing I really want to say about this is um, I'm so happy for Giannis. Uh, I'm not going to really say his last name because I'm probably going to butcher it. But uh, Giannis, the big man from Milwaukee, I'm so happy for him to uh, win the title. And he threw shots at James Harden, which is why I wanted to talk about it, because I'm all about throwing shots at James Harden. Um, he, uh, you know, a couple years ago, remember James Harden said it's, it's, it's easy to be seven feet and just dunk. That takes no skill. He was referring to Giannis when Giannis really was breaking out on the scene, winning his MVP, the whole thing. Uh, well, guess what, James? Giannis put in a performance for the ages to clinch the NBA championship, which James Harden has never been close to, has not given a performance for the ages in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, joke's on you, my man. And Giannis made sure to call him out on it. He said afterwards that he could have joined a super team, but that's the easy way out. Then he kissed the trophy, kissed the MVP trophy, and looked right at the camera, pounded the table, and he said, this is great. Oh, that the ultimate mic drop moment that was directed exactly to James Harden and some of the other guys that like to join super teams. And uh, that was a great message for Giannis. I hope the NBA makes him the focal point moving forward. He's a rising superstar. He and Luka Doncic are perfect for the league, who has always been about growing the game internationally. Those two guys are studs. I hope they become the faces of the league. And, um, yeah, I'm happy for the Bucks. that's for sure. Headline number four, uh, we have a new team name in Major League Baseball. This just came down this morning. The Cleveland Indians are no more. We knew the Indians were changing their name, but now they're going to be called the Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians, as in Guardians of second place and under, because that's exactly where they are right now. Uh, no, apparently the name change is based off of these statues uh, in Cleveland that are very popular. It's actually the first thing you see when you watch the movie Major League. They show one of these statues. It's on a bridge leading into the city. I don't know. Never been to Cleveland. Uh, but they're called the Guardians. Huge missed opportunity. They could have been the Spiders, which would have been awesome. Even as a White Sox fan, I could have been, I could have been all about that. Uh, but they changed their name from the Indians. They gave up probably one of the best logos in baseball. <laughs> uh, but uh, they are no longer the Indians. They are now going to be called the Guardians, and everybody is making fun of them for it. Uh, so that's what they get. They could have honestly just stayed as the Cleveland baseball team. That would have been fine. But they are the Guardians. Their logo is not very good. The script is okay. I put it on my uh, Twitter page if you want to go see. But, um, yeah, now I guess we got to wait for the Washington football team to see what they're going to come up with. Honestly, I think they should just keep the Washington football team. Why give a name? You don't need a name. Just, uh, just go by that. Cleveland baseball team would have been fine, but they're going to be the Guardians, 
and they are currently the Guardians of second place, nine games behind my White Sox, and hopefully that is a trend that continues in years to come. And while I was gone, apparently billionaires went to space. Uh, Richard Branson of Virgin Atlantic, he went to space, and then uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon went to space. Look, I don't really care if you go to space. I don't care what you do. I think what's funny about this story is people are giving these guys a hard time for spending their money on this, on going to space, instead of, oh, well, you know, you should give back and do what. What? They can spend their money on whatever they want. And honestly, I'm cool with them spending money on space travel to advance some of that technology, like Elon Musk going to space, partnering up with NASA, doing those space missions, going up to the International Space Station. I think that's awesome. So if you're going to spend your money, first, first of all, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, wants to take money from billionaires. I mean, it's their money. They've earned it. They don't have to do anything but what they want with it, right? So I think it's fine. I think it's cool. I'm not going to space. I don't have any money to go to space. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to go to space. I'm cool with just looking at the stars from down here. Maybe go to NASA, see it in a telescope. That, that's really cool. I ain't going to space. But shout out to those dudes. Man, they went to space and came back. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, I just think it's funny, like I mentioned, that everybody gets on their case for, oh, well, you should do you should do more with uh, charity work and give back to the communities. I'm sure these guys give a lot of money to the charity work or charitables and community efforts wherever they live or around the country, around the world. I haven't done a deep dive into these guys or other billionaires' charitable contributions. I'm sure they do because they need tax write-offs after all. Uh, so I'm sure they do that. But why not have a little fun with some of the other money you're making? I mean, Jeff Bezos is worth $2 billion. You're worth $2 billion. I'm going to have a couple of boats, some planes, and why not go to space? I've got nothing else to do. Let's go to space. So he did. And uh, so shout out to those guys. Hopefully that does lead to some more advanced technology, though, as uh, as we try to grow the, the space program. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that, you know, I've, I've never been in favor of uh, using taxpayer money for deep space exploration, like going to Mars and stuff. I think that's a waste of time. Um, it's cool, great video and all that, but I think there's other things that we could probably do closer in, some some other uh, technologies that we can advance just without going into uh, deep space. But shout out to those guys going to space. Uh, that was cool. All right, I've talked long enough. Uh, this is the first podcast since I've been back. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed some of my takes. I'm going to kind of keep this format moving forward, maybe mix in some video content, put it on our YouTube page. I'm trying here. Hey, and next week we start off uh, pre-production and planning for our next high school special. The program is back. We didn't do it last year because of COVID, but it is back. And uh, next week I will uh, I will introduce the team that we are covering for uh, the program this year. We've done Paraland, we've done Santa Fe, and we've done North Shore. And I think you're going to like this one too. I'm excited about this, uh, this production. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, and I will... Uh, Reveal that team next week once pre-production starts. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go listen to other shows if you haven't done so already. Other interviews. We'll talk Texans next week. Camp starts on Sunday. Nothing like camp starting for a 2-14 and team. That'll be exciting. Anyway, we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya.